those type of things just really helped me lock in more than ever. It really doesn't matter, but uh, I've been as locked in as I've ever been in my career. Good morning, you beautiful people, cats, dogs, Cowboys fans, Eagles fans, Lakers fans, whatever you are, it doesn't matter. We're here today on a beautiful MLK Day, Martin Luther King Jr. Day, and we're here ready to break some sports down. We're locked in. We're hoping you guys are locking in, too, and we got a lot to get into. Uh, you know, really kind of hoping to have a quicker episode here, not not really a ton to get into as far as in-depth, but we do have a lot to go over, so we'll really, without further ado, just kind of kick it off, and obviously the big thing is over the weekend, we had the divisional round games for the NFL playoffs, some surprises, some maybe not so much um, surprising things happened, and uh, I guess really just kicking it off with that first game that happened over the weekend, you know, we saw Rams-Packers. And, you know, this was a game that, you know, we absolutely loved here on the podcast. We loved it on our Twitter. We locked it on a Twitter. It was Packers minus six and a half. That was free money. I mean, that was absolutely free money. If you guys took it, that's awesome. You're richer for it. You probably paid your rent with it. But again, that was that was such a lock. Absolutely. And, and I mean, it hit, too. So, I mean, there's there's no doubt that we were on, on pace there. What did you think? I mean, did you watch really the whole game there? And uh, was there anything that, that surprised you in that one? Yeah, that was my biggest bet of the weekend. I literally paid rent with that. Uh, and it was also my least favorite game of the weekend. And I think that's because I just kind of knew what was going to happen the whole time. I don't think you can win a Super Bowl with Jared Goff. Obviously, you can get to a Super Bowl with him. But it just furthers my belief that he is not an elite quarterback. I think the Rams need, you know, a better guy, especially with Sean McVay, this offensive guru, because the defense is there. That's plain and simple. But Aaron Rodgers gets it done. I think this is his year to go to the Super Bowl. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, he looked good. Uh, and again, I mean, it's that frozen tundra this time of year. You do not want to travel to Green Bay. And of course, we have Tom Brady from from Tampa Bay. Obviously, the hot weather there in Florida is going to be traveling there next week. Obviously, we'll dive into that Um We'll dive into that in the, in the next episode. But, yeah, I mean, I, I thought it was a great performance by Rodgers. And, yeah, I mean, I think Goff is one of those guys. He's kind of like a mid-tier quarterback. He's really never going to be great, but he's not going to be bad. He'll win you some games. Maybe he'll sneak into the playoffs. But I do not see them winning a Super Bowl with him. I know they made it a couple of years ago. But, again, I don't see that guy really coming in the clutch as far as, you know, big-time games, especially traveling to a place like Green Bay. You know, he's going to have to do that a lot in his career. And I'm just not sure that he can do it. And like you're saying, I mean, you don't want to waste Sean McVay's, you know, brain power on a guy like Jared Goff and, you know, the 20 running backs that they have there. But, yeah, again, I mean, the defense is it's there. The defense is obviously there. It's going to be a good question to see how long that defense stays there with a big name like Aaron Donald, big name like Jalen Ramsey. You know, they're going to want to get paid. So it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting to see what happens with the Rams. But the next game, and this is the game that I was really actually most surprised with, and this was Bills Ravens. You know, I, I liked Bills here, and I I, had, I thought this was going to be a higher scoring game. Just we have two powerful offenses, and I mean, this for the most part, the first half was a sleeper. I mean, we had three to three going into halftime, boring game for the most part. Then in the second half, we have just an really a crazy finish as far as you know, it's ten three coming down the stretch. Lamar throws a pick six, and he runs into the locker room. Maybe he had to go to the bathroom again. I'm not sure. I can't confirm on that. People are saying he was injured. I'm not too sure. Again, I'm not going to speculate on that. 
but there's a good chance he was in the, on the toilet. But regardless, I, this is a question for you, Spaz, because I know you are a big lover of Lamar Jackson. Is this guy the real deal? I mean, one and three in the playoffs, he just can't really seem to get the big games out of the way. I mean, what's going on with Lamar? Well, he had his 162 yards, which that's not going to win you a playoff game. I don't care if you're Lamar, a quarterback who can run the ball or what, but he needs to throw more. He only completed 14 passes. I think he is on the decline. I don't think he'll ever get back to that MVP or he, he had last year, but he is still a top 10 quarterback currently in the league by my expectations, but you can't win the ball by running all the time. And you know, I do blame part of that game on Harbaugh uh, just with some mismanagement he had a couple times uh, with the clock, but overall Lamar Jackson needs to throw more and, if you guys listened to me last weekend, you guys made money. I gave you guys my guarantee lock player prop of the week. That was a Diggs touchdown. I'm going to do it again next weekend against the Chiefs. Every single week, I bet Diggs touchdown and it's hit. So if you guys listen to me there, you guys made some money. Yep, absolutely. And really, to kind of go back to your point, it's interesting to kind of watch Lamar develop as a player and as a leader on his team again I do think he's a solid quarterback but I think a lot of these defenses and a lot of these teams they figured him out right I mean they've seen him in the league for a few years now they've really figured out Lamar Jackson they know kind of I guess really what's his strong point obviously that's running the ball they know how to you know put those spies on and really stop him from running for those big games obviously he's still he'll still break out a 50 yard run every here and there but again I, I just think a lot of these teams they figured out Lamar Jackson and without a guy who can't throw the ball, I mean, let's be honest here, he's a running back. He's a running back in the quarterback position. He really can't throw the ball very well. And teams see that. And so they're, they're bringing more pressure. They're loading the box. And I think that's going to present a lot of problems for Lamar unless he really figures out how to kind of change his game, change his formula, and throws the ball much better. I mean, if he, if he throws the ball much better, I mean, you're talking about a guy Michael Vick's caliber. I mean, if Michael Vick. He was, he was the jack of all trades. He could run the ball. He could throw the ball. He could read defense. I mean, he could absolutely do it all. Whereas Lamar, maybe he's a one-trick pony. Maybe he's a guy, you know, when you stop the run from Lamar, there's really not much he can do. So, again, I think he's a good quarterback. It's going to be really interesting to see the next two years. I think I'm going to give him a two-year grace period. If he doesn't start to throw the ball better, you're not going to see Lamar as a star quarterback in this league for very long. Again, that's my hot take. I could be eating my words here. I've eaten my words on this show before, but – We'll definitely see there. But jumping over to the Sunday games, we had some good ones. I mean, these were by far my two favorite of the whole weekend. We had Chiefs-Browns, which was just a great game. I mean, no one expected the Browns to be even in this one, us included. I mean, we had Chiefs by a trillion points, and it was it just wasn't like that. And I think a lot of that has to do with maybe the Chiefs were – tired maybe the Chiefs were kind of sleeping on the uh, on the Browns a little bit and then obviously you have a team like the Browns I mean that's a, your classic case of the hungry dog runs fast and I think that's exactly what we saw you know pending some you know questionable calls the Browns could have won that game and obviously the big story there Mahomes injured concussed did not look good I mean that was kind of an ugly scene there with him trying to get up off the fields but I mean what's what are some of your key takeaways from that game I love Andy Reid as a uh, Eagles fan. You know, that was my former head coach. I love the guy, but can we call that the most reckless play call ever having a half a billion dollar quarterback run the QB draw in a position they didn't even need to? Every single, and granted, they did get the first down, but it doesn't matter when you have a half a billion dollar asset that you're, you know, willing to use like Lamar Jackson or running back. You can't do that. You need to protect this guy at all costs. Andy Reid, you got to be smarter. You cannot be running the QB draw. You don't need to. 
It's Patrick Mahomes. He's got a cannon. He's dead accurate. There's no reason why Patrick Mahomes should ever be running the football like he did. But at the end of the day, Browns are just going to Brown. They choked uh, their chance and opportunity they had. A takeaway I kind of have been noticing this playoffs is the AFC is the new guard quarterback while the NFC is the old guard. And the NFC, yep. you have, you know, Breeze, Rodgers, Brady, those type of guys. And coming out the AFC, you have Baker, Mahomes, Lamar, Josh Allen. And it's going to be interesting to see uh, just kind of the battle that we uh, will have with the old guard versus new guard Super Bowl. No, absolutely. And I think it's going to be really interesting, especially if you have a guy like Brady, you know, get into the Super Bowl. Even Rodgers, too, is getting up there in age. You know, really sneak into the playoffs here. I'm sorry, not sneak into the playoffs, but really, I guess, really march their way into the Super Bowl. And then again, obviously, on the other side of the the field, you have, you know, the AFC teams, young quarterbacks, Mahomes, assuming he can play next week against Buffalo. I think Chiefs are going to win that game. But obviously, again, we'll jump into that next week. Or I'm sorry, later on this week. But again, Josh Allen, too. You got two young quarterbacks versus two old quarterbacks on the other side. It's going to be really interesting. It's going to be an interesting, I guess, transition because a lot of these old heads that, you know, they, they love to sit in the pocket and throw the ball. And that's just not how football is anymore. It's scramble. It's throw across your body. It's make these just wild throws. And also, too, I wanted to kind of go back to your point a little bit with Mahomes running the ball like that. It was a reckless play call. And that's not the first time Andy Reid has done that. I mean, he's done this before. I remember, I believe it was last year, maybe the year before, where Mahomes had a bad ankle, still played the game. Obviously, it was still a big game, but he's still running QB draws, QB sneaks. It's like you have, like you said, you have a quarterback that's worth half a billion dollars, and you're just shoving him up the gut with a bad ankle. I don't know how I feel about that. So, Again, maybe a little bit of a questionable play calling there by Andy Reid. We'll see what happens. But also, too, really, you know, kind of looking at it from as, as the spectator's point of view, we love to see it. We love to see these guys, these quarterbacks. They're gritty. They can just really cram it down the, cram it down the middle, no pun intended, and, uh, you know, get the job done. But wrapping that up with the, um, the Chiefs-Browns game, again, I give a lot of credit to the Browns. I think they played a great game. I like to see them back next year. I think Baker's going to be a great quarterback. I know you're a little bit on uh, on the other end of the fence with that one, but I, I like the Browns to be back next year. I mean, do, would you say that you see the Browns back next year? Or is this maybe a one-trick pony for them? I'm very skeptical. However, I think if they get rid of OBJ, they will be back. They get better by subtraction, the old rule addition by subtraction. Without OBJ, they played better this season. I think he's a can locker room. I think he's a diva. Might as well get rid of him, but – it is going to be interesting to see. Obviously, the AFC North is very competitive, and you got a young Joe Burrow that could make some noise in that division. I think the Browns might come back as a wild card, but we'll see. Yep, no, I, I totally agree. And then, obviously, jumping to our last game of the weekend, we had the two old heads, 43-year-old Tom Brady taking on 42-year-old Drew Brees. Some are saying this is going to be Brees' last game, but, I mean, this was a game that – I don't know. I mean, I don't know how I felt about this one. Neither quarterbacks really looked that good. Again, I think the Bucs just have a better supporting cast. I think Brady needs to figure it out if he wants to go into Green Bay and win that game. But again, obviously, if, if I'm trusting anybody in these during these times, during these months, during the playoff time, I got to go with Brady. He's going to figure it out. But what, what were some of your main takeaways from the, the Bucks saints game? See, the biggest storyline headed into the game was if this was Drew Brees' last game. But the biggest story to me leaving the game was Mike Thomas. What the hell happened to him? Zero catches. He reminds me of that girl. By the way, four targets, zero catches. He reminds me of that guy that all your family warns you about dating. If you're a girl, he goes and gets you knocked up. 
you're thinking, oh, this guy's been great the whole time. But when it comes to the pregnancy, when it really matters, he's nowhere to show up. hasn't shown up. He's nowhere to be seen. Mike Thomas, you're supposed to be star stud on this team. You're the biggest wide receiver. You need to make these plays in this game. You need to show up, and he just didn't. And I know you know you could argue that on Breeze under throwing it, but zero catches, that is inexcusable. Very disappointing, especially from this Saints team who routed the Bucks last time they played 38-3. to Absolutely disgusting. And uh, I don't think Brady's for real. I think he's – and I think the Saints just kind of gave him that game. But you is, is this Breeze's last game? There's a lot of people on Twitter that saw that video of Breeze talking to Winston, and a lot of people are saying that he mumbled to him, this is your team now. Obviously, Winston had a 56-yard bomb in that game. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, really interesting. I mean, some of these guys are saying, yeah, Winston's team, Winston's team. We got to remember, Winston's on a one-year, $1 million contract. I mean, that's nothing to like, oh, it's your team, it's your team. I mean, anybody else in the market could go after this guy. I don't know why everyone's saying, you know, Winston's the new guy. Did we not see what he did in, in Tampa Bay? I mean, look what happens in Tampa Bay when you have a guy like Jameis Winston they don't make the playoffs. Then you bring in, you know, a couple obviously minor adjustments with Gronk and with Fournette. But I mean, those aren't star players. Then you bring in a good quarterback like Brady, and it's like again, they're they're one game away from the Super Bowl. So I I don't like Winston as a quarterback. I think he's a great backup. Don't get me wrong. You know, the the touchdown pass that he had, it was just a really good play call. It was a trick play. Guy was completely wide open. I think anybody in the league makes that throw. I'm not crazy about Jameis Winston. Never have been outside of Florida State. He was an absolute unit in Florida State. But I, I don't know. I, I just don't like Jameis Winston as a starting quarterback. I'm sure he's going to get paid. Uh, you know, I, I could see a good fit for him on, like, the Cowboys or something. But I, I don't know. I'm just a little bit confused where all this hype train's coming with with Winston. Again, he makes one good pass in a playoff game, and everyone's in love with him again. I Do we, you know, forget how many interceptions a guy had last year? 30 interceptions? So, I don't know. Something but, to know is well, he did get eye surgery. Yeah, and that is true. You know, people are saying the eye surgery helps, the eye surgery helps. But, I mean, at the same time, I mean, it's it's still the same Jameis Winston, if you ask me. Again, could be in my words here. But, yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens. It, it is emotional just kind of seeing Drew Brees retire. Assuming he does go that route, it is looking like he's going to do so. You know, we have Big Ben on what's maybe his last year. He did announce that he is going to be playing again next year. But everyone is speculating that this is absolutely Big Ben's last year. And then obviously a guy like Phillip Rivers is more than likely going to retire as well. I mean, this is really one of those situations where I know me and you grew up at the same time watching these guys. I mean, we watch these guys every Sunday. And also, too, I mean, in a couple of years, Brady's going to be gone. Rodgers is going to be gone. I think we have a good class of young quarterbacks coming in, especially with Trevor Lawrence coming in here as well. But, man, it is going to be a little bit weird on Sundays not having Breeze, Brady, Rodgers, Roethlisberger, Phillip Rivers. I mean, there's five quarterbacks right there that were a staple of the league. And, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. It's going to take a little bit of time to get it, to get used to. What do you think? Couldn't agree more. It's going to definitely get some time to get uh, used to, especially with even some of these newer guys coming in like Justin Herbert. He obviously gets a new head coach with the uh, Rams, Brandon Staley. And it's kind of confusing to me because Brandon Staley is a very defensive-minded guy, and you have a once-in-a-lifetime, you could argue, quarterback and Justin Herbert, once-in-a-generation come along. It's going to be interesting to see how those two men. Yep, absolutely. And I'm just kind of sitting here thinking in my head, you know, we have so many good young quarterbacks, and they're all on so many teams that have not been good for the longest time. Again, you have Browns with Mayfield. 
You have the Bills with with Josh Allen. You're going to have Trevor Lawrence, presumably on the Jaguars. You have um, Joe Burrow on the Bengals. I mean, these are teams that have just – they haven't even won playoff games in years, decades even. And, you know, young quarterbacks come in. It's going to be really interesting to see how these old teams, like the Packers, the uh, really the Patriots too, the Steelers, how they adjust and how they can – if they can still be a playoff team, if they can still contend, obviously a lot's going to have to do with – who they replace their quarterbacks with, but yeah, going to be really interesting in the in the next coming years. Uh, speaking of new dynasties, can we hop over to hoops where Duke is not in the top twenty-five in the first time in five years? Coach K, what's going on down there? Yeah, I mean, this is you know not a lot of people are talking about this story again. It just doesn't feel like college hoops to me, just with everything going on with the pandemic, and I don't know. I mean, when I when I look at Duke. Right now, you know, they have good talent. Coach K, I always going to trust Coach K. But you have a team like Duke not in the top 25. You have Michigan State, obviously my dogs, you know, officially out of the top 25 here as well. Still two good teams, still could easily make deep runs into March, and I think they will. But, again, this is just such a weird season. I think anything could happen. You could see a team like UConn. I mean, we just talked about it the other day. UConn's men's basketball, they've been terrible for the longest time and they're ranked. They're actually ranked right now. And let me actually double check here because they had that game earlier. And I'm not sure the result of that one. Let me just double check, make sure I'm not jinxing them here too hard. Oh, I actually am. So they have, they lost that game against St. John, 74 to 70. But still, I mean, the fact that the UConn Huskies are ranked right now at 23, obviously they're going to get kicked out of that. That's crazy. I mean, if you were to ever tell me you're going to be alive and well, when the UConn Huskies are ranked and the Duke Blue Devils are not, I would say something's up. What do you think? Definitely. Very weird year. You got Houston coming in at eight with 11 and one. Creighton's 11. You know, St. Louis at 25. What the heck's going on there? Uh, Alabama, you know, usually they'd be ranked in football, but they're making a run. Mizzou's back. It's a very weird year. I'm extremely excited for the KU Baylor matchup tonight. I have about 10 units on KU to cover. I think nine points is too much. Yep, absolutely. And we'll just jump right into that because this is a game I absolutely love. I mean, this is a game I've been looking at for a long time just because I've seen it on the schedule early on. I really like I, I like Kansas. I like Kansas. I, they have a great team, obviously a great coach, 10-3 and three coming into this one. And then Baylor, too. I, I'm not saying Baylor's a bad team by any means. I think they're a great team. You know, they, they really seem to blow out opponents. But this is really their first test in, in a long time. Obviously, they, they played Texas Tech. About a week ago, actually, I'm sorry, it was a couple days ago, and they did win that game, but it was by eight points. Now, if I'm going to sit here and I'm going to kind of analyze this from the outside looking in, you know, we have a team like Texas Tech, they lose by eight, and then we have a team like Kansas. I think Kansas is substantially better than Texas Tech, so I like Kansas to at least cover these points here. I mean, realistically, I love Kansas. I mean, this could be, we talk about your rent money game of the week. I think this is the rent money game of the week. What about you? 100% agree. Couldn't say it uh, better myself. But, you know, Kansas did just lose to Oklahoma State by five. That is uh, something to know. And Baylor is undefeated. It's going to be interesting to see what Baylor does come March Madness. I know everyone's high on them and high on Zaga. But another team everyone's high on is uh, Michigan. And you called it. They lost this weekend. Yep. And this was, you know, the classic jinx of the century here for me. I said, Michigan, they look great. They look great. They look great. And what happens? They go out and lose. Not only do they lose, but they get absolutely taken to the woodshed by Minnesota. And it just it was an ugly performance. I watched most of that game. It was just absolutely disgusting. Again, I hate Michigan. Yeah, I'm a Michigan State fan. I hate Michigan. But you never want to see a team perform like that, especially a team 
that's in the Big Ten. I know it's Big Ten on Big Ten action there, but again, this is a Michigan team I thought would at least hang in this game, get blown out. So again, we when we look down the field to March, you know, early April, I man, I, I just really do not know who to pick here. Obviously, the obvious choices looking at Gonzaga and Baylor, but I don't know if I'm sitting here right now and you ask me who's going to win it all, I couldn't give you a straight answer. I mean, do you have a straight answer as who's going to win this thing? No, not at all. Uh, if I had to guess, Iowa, I've been on them all year. They just blew out Northwestern, but I, I got no clue. It's going to be very interesting to see, especially with it being in Indiana, how everything goes down this year. Yep, absolutely. And again, I think we're all just going to be glad that March Madness is presumably going to be coming back. So that's going to be awesome to watch. I think it's going to be a crazy, crazy, crazy year. I mean, who knows? You could have a team like UConn cutting down the nets come April. So we'll see. But another thing that I wanted to talk about, kind of keeping it on the hardwood, is is the NBA. I mean, I, you know, I clown on the NBA a lot. I know that's kind of my shtick here on the show. But I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest with you. I've kind of been paying attention to it. I should like the Pistons, obviously being from Michigan, being close to Detroit. I just I hate the Pistons. They they've never gotten any passion from me, even when they won in 04. All my friends again. I at the time I was a young kid, but everyone loved them. Everyone loved them. And then after that, obviously LeBron James comes into the league. I was huge on LeBron James. And then you see in the Eastern Conference Finals for a couple of years, you see Cleveland and the Pistons. I was all in on LeBron. I said, fuck the Pistons. I hate the Pistons. I've never cared for the Pistons. And I think that kind of goes towards my hatred towards the, uh, towards the NBA. But I've officially found my team. I'm claiming it now. And again, I'm not, I'm not claiming I'm going to be a diehard team, but I'm claiming it as they are not a great team right now. And so no one can call me a bandwagon fan. And I actually called it before the first game started. Spaz can confirm on that. But I have the Hornets. The Hornets are officially my team. I love the Hornets. You know, I don't want to be like the media and, you know, suck up LaMelo Ball. But, you know, I, I just love them. I love the team. I love the name. I love the colors. Michael Jordan owns the team. You know, you can't go wrong with a team like the Hornets. So that's my dog for this year. And really, I guess moving forward until anything changes, maybe I'll be a bandwagon fan in the NBA. I don't know. But what are some of the big takeaways so far early in the season that you've seen from the NBA? I know you're more the, you know, the analytical guy on, on the NBA side. What have you seen it's so far? It's absolutely crazy ever since Harden got to Brooklyn. Obviously, his first game back, uh, first game with the Nets, I should say, he dropped a triple-double. He finessed everyone. He hoodwinked everyone. The viral pictures were going around this weekend of uh, his last picture as a rocket and his first picture of a net. Uh, it, within a week time, he lost about 30 pounds. He absolutely finessed Houston. It does look like uh, the Nets won that trade. But the big story coming out of the NBA is Kyrie Irving. This guy is a locker room cancer, and I'm convinced that they don't even need Kyrie to be successful there in Brooklyn. They should trade him. He's out again tonight against the Bucks. Not really sure what's going on there. We don't know if it's COVID, if it's injury-related. He did buy uh, George Floyd's daughter and his family a house today, so that's some positive news. But just like uh, Martin Luther King Jr. once quoted, I have a dream that one day Kyrie Irving will play basketball. The fans want to see him. We don't know what's going on. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, uh, absolutely. And just another thing to touch on the Nets is everyone who keeps saying they're a sure thing out the East – just slow down, guys. We got a lot of basketball left. We got about 48 games left. Just slow down that rhetoric. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, the Nets obviously are they're looking to be a strong team, but I think it's going to be a little early to call that. Um, and then also, too, just kind of keeping it with the same theme here with MLK Day and I Have a Dream. You know, it's it's really inspiring to me to see a guy like James Harden. He obviously he had a dream to lose 30 pounds in a day, and he did it. I don't know how he did it, but that was his dream, and he made it come true. 
And, you know, some people are actually saying he was wearing a fat suit in Houston. I don't know what's going on. That's just that NBA drama is just absolutely crazy. I mean, is there any other big stories outside of the NBA, outside of Kyrie? I'm sure there is. I mean, there's got to oh, be yeah. something. It's the that's, NBA. The Harden and Kyrie isn't even the biggest drama that's going on. It is actually the oh, Kevin Porter Jr. You know, he is a 20-year-old kid uh, playing for the Cavs, but he went on an absolute tirade. He was throwing food. He got into a verbal argument with the GM of the Cavs. He's been arrested multiple times. He did flip a vehicle. He had a gun and drugs on him. He's been posting on Instagram that he's suicidal. This kid's a 20-year-old kid. I really hope he gets figured out. Uh, He is a good talent. It would be a shame to see if it was wasted. But Cavs uh, did announce this morning that they're either going to trade or cut him by uh, the end of the week. It's just really crazy. Like I don't think I've ever seen anything like this go on in the NBA. This is a full-on outburst. I mean, you've seen stars that handle uh, their way of getting traded a certain way, but this is a kid who he's just 20 years old. He has no room to be doing this. Yeah, well, I mean, I think it's just that. I mean, he's a kid. At the end of the day, he's still a kid, younger than both of us, and it's just he's just a kid being a kid. Maybe he needs some maturing to do. You know, I don't know. I mean, I, again, I don't know the situation. I don't know the kid. Maybe he's got some more personal stuff going on. But, yeah, I mean, that's just absolutely crazy. It's just another thing with the NBA. There's just a lot of drama going on. It always seems to be the off-court stuff, too, with the NBA. So definitely something to keep an eye on there moving forward. Um, one thing that I did kind of want to loop back to a little bit, I know you tried to speed past this on purpose, but, you know, kind of looping back to the NFL playoffs, we officially have a winner in uh, our, our little wager that we had together. And I I was hoping it would at least go to the Super Bowl. We couldn't make it happen. You know, I was able to pull away on you this weekend with another win. And it looks like it is official. I'm going to win our little side bet there. So I expect that $10 in my cash app as soon as possible. And, you know, we're definitely going to have to do some more fun wagers. It's actually really cool um, for everyone not following our Twitter, our our main Twitter, at LockInBets. We did this thing this last ago, and I just got the cash app notification. Very nice. Very nice. Thank you. And uh, but yeah, going back to what we did this weekend, I just thought it was really cool. It was, you know, we did if you could guess the score of the Browns Chiefs game correctly, we'll give you a piece of apparel of your favorite sports team. And we had over 40 replies to that. You guys absolutely loved doing that. So we're definitely bringing that back on this upcoming weekend. But yeah, no one was able to hit on it again. It was a really bizarre score. So it was one of those things. Obviously, if you guessed 22 to 17, you'd probably get arrested (laughs) by the FBI for time travel or something like that. So I didn't expect anyone to get that one, but we're definitely be doing it again for this upcoming weekend. And then we have something huge planned for the Super Bowl. So you're going to have to follow us. If you guys are not following us, obviously we have the main account there at lock in bets on Twitter. And then two, just at bad beats podcast on uh, on our other account there for Twitter. Just give us some follows. We're always doing fun giveaways, just fun stuff. And we love interacting with you guys. But I mean, other than that, is there anything else that you wanted to touch on this? No, just uh, bet your rent on Kansas to cover tonight against Baylor. Also, uh, like my co-host said, follow us on Twitter. Links will be in the description. I don't care if you have a dollar your name. Do a crazy parlay. Get that money. I really appreciate you guys. Yep, absolutely. We love you guys listening. We appreciate all the feedback that we've been getting from you guys. Any tweets at us? You know, we, we absolutely love to see it. We love interacting with you guys. And absolutely, just to double what Spaz said, I mean, Kansas, the next time you hear from us, we will be rich, rich, rich men because we are putting everything that we have on Kansas tonight. Um, if Kansas loses tonight by more than nine points, you may not hear from us ever again. But you know what? That's not going to happen. We're not going to put that out there. We're not going to have that energy out there. 
But yeah, we're super excited to have you guys on. And uh, next week, we're going to do the the really the conference, the, the NFL playoff conference special. So it's going to be a lot of fun. And we look forward to hearing from you guys and having you guys for next Friday. Peace out, guys. Peace. Happy MLK Day.